All right, what's up, Elevate? How we doing? We doing good? Everybody good? Yeah, good to see you. Good to see you. Merry Christmas. Hey, look at the person sitting next to you and tell them it's not too late. Yep, they still got time to buy you an amazing present. It's not too late. Not too late. Hey, if you don't know me, my name is Robert Andrews, one of the pastors here at Elevate Church, and I'm so glad you are joining us. We're in week four of a series we are calling a Messy Christmas, and what we're talking about is how this time of year, the Christmas season, is supposed to be full of happiness. I know you guys know the song from uh, Hugh Martin where he said, Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Right, right, right. Let your, let, wait, wait, what's it say? What, I forgot the song. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about? It's about being happy though, right? But unfortunately for so many people, Christmas really doesn't look like that. This time that's supposed to be full of cheer, this time that is supposed to be full of smiles really can be a, a very difficult time of the year uh, because the truth is Christmas is a great magnifier. It really is. Like how many of y'all know what these are? Anybody know what these are? Glasses, right? Well, they're not just regular glasses. You know what I'm saying? These are like magnifying glasses. You can adjust the side so that you can you can see stuff. You can see stuff better that's already there. Like I can really see y'all today. Some of y'all don't look like you brushed your hair. Y'all ought to be ashamed of yourself. I'm just kidding. Y'all look great, right? But the great thing about these glasses is that they look so natural, right? I mean, they look real stylish. You can wear these with, with anything, uh, you know, and it's good. Like, hypothetically, if you were at a, a business meeting and they were putting something on the screen that you really wanted to see, you could just break out these bad boys and nobody would really look at you weird. I mean, if you grab some binoculars in a moment like that and trying to look at the screen, people would be like, what is wrong with that guy? Why is he trying to see what's on the screen? I mean, wouldn't this, which one's going to look better, this way or this way? Some of y'all are like, I wouldn't do either one, right? But man, I'm telling you, these things right here, these things are, are great. I had a couple guys over uh, from the church not too long ago, and they walked into my house, and they were making fun of my little TV uh, on, on the wall. And so if anybody's looking for just a last-minute gift uh, to get me, I like 70 or 85-inch. That's my size. That's what I wear. Uh, 70 or 85-inch television. I'd love, to, I'd love to have that. But they're at my house making fun of my television. But when you're sitting on the couch... And you're wearing these bad boys, I mean, you can see that thing pretty clear. You can see that thing pretty clear. And so uh, these are great because they magnify, again, what's already, what's already there. And that's exactly what Christmas does. Christmas magnifies what is already there. I mean, if things are going good in your life, Christmas just magnifies that. Hypothetically, let's say that you just had a baby. You just had a baby this, this past year. Christmas is going to magnify that. You're going you're gonna to take pictures around the tree. Baby's first Christmas. Any, any parents, did you ever do that when you had your child? Baby's first Christmas. Maybe you just, got, you just got married. You know what I mean? You get an ornament. It's your first Christmas together. Our first Christmas together. Did anybody, anybody do stuff like that? Again, it magnifies the things that are good, and it makes them even better. But Christmas also magnifies the things that are bad. It will magnify the things that are bad and make them even worse. If you are super busy, if you were super stressed out going into the Christmas and holiday season, man, Christmas will just magnify that. It'll just magnify that and make you feel more busy, make you feel more stressed out. If things are horrible in your family, it will just seem to be magnified during the Christmas season. The drama that's there will just be worse 
and worse. If you lost a loved one this past year, or maybe two years ago, three years ago, this Christmas season has a way of just magnifying the loneliness that you have in your heart and the grieving that you might still be experiencing. Maybe your finances are already in a mess. And Christmas, man, just the thought of buying presents and buying gifts, it will just magnify your financial problems. Maybe you look at your, your life and you think of everything that's going on and you say, you know what, this is just not what I had hoped for. I mean, you watch the Christmas movies and in those Christmas movies, everything is perfect, right? I mean, when they make cookies, those cookies, what do they come out? They come out looking perfect, right? All their decorations on their house, all their decorations on the inside, they, they just look perfect. All the presents that they wrap, they wrap them perfectly. Pastor Preston preached about Hallmark movies uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about certain things that were in all of those Hallmark uh, movies. And uh, if you're watching some of those and all of those, there's always a dog. And in the Hallmark movie, even the dog uh, really seems to be perfect. And in those movies, any drama that exists by the end of the movie, it's gone and everybody is happy and everything is perfect. And so maybe you watch those movies and you, then you look at your life and you look at your own dog, right? And, and it's anything but perfect. And, and, and again, you've got this drama, you've got this mess, again, because Christmas will magnify what is going on in your life. And so the Christmas season really is one of the most depressing times of the year for a lot of people because our emotions can be all over the place and they're just magnified. Again, maybe even some of you in this room right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe right now you're thinking, you know what? I didn't think, I didn't think things would be such a mess right now in my life. I've got this drama. I've got this pain. I've got this hurts and all these crazy emotions. Well, what I want to talk to you about today is how to have joy during an emotional mess. I want to talk to you about how to have joy during the emotional messes of your life. And the way that we're going to do it is we're going to look at Luke chapter 2. If you've got your Bibles, you want to turn there. Luke chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 8. And here's what the Bible says. It says, and there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So what were the shepherds doing right there? They're living out in the fields, living where they're living in the field. So these guys really are roughing it. Does anybody here, do you like to camp? Any, anybody like to camp? Some, some happy campers here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, some people are like, oh, I like to go camping. And really, the majority of people who like to go camping are people who have a camper or like an RV, right? Those are the kind of people who like uh, to camp. And I know that there's still some people who are like, oh, no, man, I love to go and just sleep on the ground and sleep in a tent and wake up with a rough back. And I love to live without running water and electricity and a heater. There's not a whole lot of people who really like to do that. I I mean, you might like to do it for one, two, maybe 20 minutes tops, but after that, you're like, man, I'm ready to get back uh, to the real world. Well, these guys, they're not just out there camping. This isn't just a one or two day thing. They are living out in the fields. This is their long-term situation. This is what's going on in their life. Not only are they living out in the fields, but they're keeping watch over their Flocks, they're watching sheep. Well, folks, this is before smartphones. This is before you had Candy Crush on your phone or Call of Duty or Mario Kart, before you had Facebook. And so all these shepherds really had to do during this time was look at 
sheep. They watched sheep all day. They watched sheep all night. There were sheep to the left. Right. Left. There were sheep to the left. There were sheep to the right. Sheep in front of them. Sheep behind them. Man, here is sheep everywhere. A sheep. Sheep. Sheep were everywhere. Day after day. Sheep. Week after week. Sheep. Month after month. Year after year. Sheep. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? And you thought your job was bad. These guys had a real bad. They had a real bad. Man, I love that joke. It's funny. I don't care who you are. Luke chapter 2, though. Look at verse 9. Here's what the Bible says. It says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Don't you know in that moment that they really thought, man, we've been watching sheep for way too long. Don't you know they were like, man, we, what is going on, man? They, they, were, they thought they were hallucinating, and when they realized this was real, they were terrified. Of course they were. But verse 10 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Everybody say great joy. That will bring great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord. So don't miss this. What does the angel say? The angel says that great joy is available for all people. What I love about that message right there from the angels is that joy is not reserved for a select few. Joy is not something that only, only these, these special people can get. Joy does not run the risk of, of running out. I remember one time I went to Taco Bell, and man, I was hungry. I was so hungry. I was hungry as a hostage. You ever been there? Hungry as a hostage. Man, I was hungry, and it was when they sold those nacho fries. And so I went up there, and I said, hey, I want to get some nacho fries. And the lady says, we don't sell those no more. I said, what? She said, yeah, we don't sell those anymore. I said, are you sure y'all don't have some hidden in the freezer somewhere? And she said, no. I said, no, you're not sure or no, you don't have any. She said, we don't have any nacho fries. I said, man, you just broke my heart. She said, I'm sorry. I said, well, can I get some soft tacos with no lettuce? And so she says, we're out of tacos. That's a true story. I said, this is Taco Bell. How were how y'all out of tacos? Taco Bell, how are y'all out of tacos, man? How in the world are y'all still open? They were out of tacos. And, man, they missed out on some business from me because they didn't have any tacos. Now, they better keep that stuff in stock, right, if they want to get business. Well, here's what I want you to understand, man. God is not running out of joy. He's not waiting on another truck to deliver some more joy. Jesus is not running around trying to figure out where he's going to get joy for your life. God has plenty of joy, and this message says that joy is available to all people. And it's not just a little joy. It's great joy. I'm telling you because Jesus was born over 2,000 years ago, you can have joy. Again, it's not for a select few. It's not for just pastors. It's not for just leaders. It's not just for teachers. It's not just for people who are rich. It's not just for people who are poor. It's not just for people who were born in America. It's for everybody in this world. And it's not just a little. It's great joy that's available to you. And I know that there are a lot of people who don't believe that that's possible for them. They don't think that joy is available for them and their family and their situation. There are some people who, if they were really to be honest, they would say, I can't have joy because they're just grouches. Anybody know any grouches? 
Anybody know somebody who was born mean? Just born mean. Don't point if they're sitting beside you, man. But there are, there are some people who, man, they're always angry. They're always rude. They're always mad. They, they, you say, hey, man, why don't you smile a little? They say, I don't ever smile. Merry Christmas. You ever met somebody that's like, that's how they are. They just don't smile. And what you need to know is that God did not create you to be a grouch. He did not. He didn't create you to be a grouch. And so if that's you, you need to know that joy is available to you no matter what you are facing in your life, no matter what is going on inside of you or outside around you. You need to know know that joy is available. You can have joy in the middle of whatever mess it is you are facing. And so again, I want to talk to you about how to have joy during an emotional mess, how to have joy during the emotional messes of your life. And the way that we're going to do it is we're going to take that word joy, we're going to break it down, we're going to look at some things. So if you're keeping notes, you want to write it down, the first letter in joy is J, right? And so the J stands for Jesus first. You want to have joy? You got to keep Jesus first. Why? Because joy comes from God, true Lasting, sustaining joy only comes from God. The problem for so many of us is that we confuse joy and happiness. We confuse those two things. Those are two completely different words and they have two completely different meanings. And so happiness, happiness, happiness is based off of the happenings that are going on around us. Happiness is based off of happenings and what makes me happy might not make you happy. Am I right? Like for me, I get happy when, the, when, when Mississippi State wins football games. I do. It doesn't happen often, but it makes me happy when they win. I get happy when the New Orleans Saints win football games, right? I was there this past Monday night when they won. I was happy. I told the first ever, I get happy when I'm eating macaroni and cheese. Does anybody else that just makes you happy? Man, we had, a, we had a Christmas party right here Wednesday night, and Fit Chef, they brought in some macaroni and cheese. Man, and I started eating that stuff, and when I put it in my mouth, I was like, woo! I, I'm ser- I thought Jesus was coming back at that moment. I was so happy. I was like, you're coming back for your church, Lord. I was so excited. Man, that macaroni and cheese was amazing. I love it, man. I get, I get, I get happy when I spend time with my wife. I get happy when I'm able to go on a date with my wife. See, happiness is based off the happenings in your life. And again, what makes me happy might not be what makes you happy, but joy has nothing to do with what's happening in your life. Joy has to do with Jesus. Joy comes from God. That's why no matter what you are facing in your life, you can have joy. You can have joy in the middle of your mess because joy is not based off of situations. Joy is not based off of circumstances. Joy is based off of Christ. Look at what the Bible says in Romans 14, 17. The Bible says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, just what makes you happy. It is a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Spirit. So joy is not in whether or not you get a new car. Joy is not in whether or not you get a new house. Joy is not in whether or not you get the best Christmas present this year. The kingdom of God is about peace and joy 
in the Holy Spirit, not your circumstances. And I'm telling you, you can have joy because of Jesus. That means a cat might jump up in your Christmas tree and your Christmas tree might fall over, but you can still have joy. That, that means that like your, your food, the food that you cook for Christmas Day, it might burn up in your oven, but you can still have joy. I might not ever get any Fit Chef macaroni and cheese again, but I can still have joy. Joy. That's why Peter says in 1 Peter 1 8, he says this Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. What in the world is that saying right there? It's saying that when you and I believe in Jesus Christ, when you and I really believe in what God has done for us, God fills our life with. Joy, I promise you, joy comes from God and God alone. It really does. And it's not because of what's happening in your life. It's all because of Jesus. That's why you can have joy in the middle of your mess. Does anybody in this room know what I'm talking about? Man, when life has got you down, you still got joy. You had to buy a new tire this past week. It cost $267 because your wife ran over something. But you still got joy. You got to replace the battery in your car this past week, right? But you still got joy. The heater at your house isn't working right now, but you still got joy. Your kids are acting all crazy, especially around Christmas time. And you still got joy. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's because joy has nothing to do with what's happening around you. It all comes from God. That's why Romans 15, 13 says this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him. That's important. So that you may overflow with hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. See, God will fill you with joy as you trust him. This Christmas season, I know a lot of people are not living their life with joy. But if you will trust Jesus right now, he will fill your heart with joy. Don't trust in money. It's not going to bring you joy. It might bring you happiness for a little while. But it won't bring you joy. Don't trust in your presence to bring you joy this Christmas season. Those presents are going to be broken a week or two anyway. Only God can bring you joy. Trust in Jesus. He's the only one who can fill you with joy. So Jay, Jay, Jesus has to be first. The O, what's the O for? The O is for others second. Others second. Let me give you a quick recipe for a life that is absent of Joy, here it is. If you want to have a, a life that doesn't have any joy in it, what you need to do is make life all about you. Make life all about you. Live your life as if you are the center of the universe. Wake up every day and only do what makes you happy. Uh, uh, wake up every day and just use the people who are around you for your benefit. Every day just take advantage of the folks who are around you. I promise if you just wake up every day and live to serve yourself, I promise you that pretty soon you'll have, you'll have a life that, that just there's, it's absent from joy. Joy will not be there. When you and I make our life about me, myself, 
And uh, I promise what happens is you will find that joy is leaving. That's why the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, it says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I'm telling you, if you live your life just looking out for number one, like the world tells you to, if you live your life doing everything out of selfish ambition and vain conceit, I promise you joy will be a distant memory in your life. It will. You need to know that God did not create you to live a selfish life. God did not breathe his spirit inside of you so that you would live a self-centered life. There are a lot of people who live their life that way, but I promise you, people who live their life that way, they do not have the joy of the Lord, even Jesus Christ, when you think about his life. Who was Jesus? He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He didn't live his life with that type of mentality, and he could have. Jesus could have said, I'm God. Bow down and worship me. Bow down and serve me. But Jesus didn't have that mentality. He came to serve. He specifically says this in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, when he says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ came to this earth to give his life away. He came to serve people. How many of y'all like to play video games? Anybody here you like to play video games? Some of y'all don't want to raise your hand, but you know you got Candy Crush on your phone, right? I mean, we, we liked, I, I used to love to play video games when I was a kid. And I remember one year for Christmas, man, Santa Claus brought me an Atari. Anybody have an Atari? Yeah, with Pong, you know, boop. Boop. I mean, I loved that game. So the same year that Santa Claus brought me an Atari, though, Santa Claus brought my sister a Nintendo, and I had never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. It was amazing, man, the Nintendo. Super Mario Brothers, man, it was amazing. And so my sister had the Nintendo. I had the Atari. And so every day, every day when my sister would sneak out of her, when she would leave her room, she wouldn't sneak out of her room, but she would leave her room, I would sneak into her room, and I would play, I would play the Nintendo, man. Because, I, again, I'd never seen anything like it. Look at this, man. Look at these graphics. Doesn't Mario look so real? Man, this was amazing. Not just that game, but Duck Hunt. Y'all remember that game, Duck Hunt with a gun? Look how real those ducks look, man. When I was a kid, I was like, it's real. And so I was just in there. I would sneak in there and I would play. And so she would get so mad at me because she hated me. Everybody say, oh. Yeah, she didn't like me. She didn't like me. And so what she would do is she would go and fuss at my mom. She would go, my Robert's in my room. I hate him. I don't like family, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, I couldn't believe it. And so then my own mom. My own, my own mom made me, she said, she, she banished me from my sister's room. Everybody say, oh, she's here today if y'all want to yell at her for doing that afterwards. But I, I, I mean, I remember I was so devastated because I couldn't play the Nintendo anymore. And so I was like, man, I want a Nintendo. And I, I asked my mom, I said, mom, why didn't Santa Claus bring me a Nintendo? And you know what my mom said? This is a true story. She's here. Ask her. My mom said, well, because you asked Santa Claus for an Atari. And I said, yeah, but Santa Claus, he knows, he knows when I'm sleeping. He knows when I'm awake. He knows if I've been bad or good. You're supposed to be good for goodness sake. If he knows everything, why didn't he bring me a Nintendo? And so my mom said, well, I'll tell you what, Robert. Maybe if you'll write Santa Claus a letter and send Santa Claus $100, uh, maybe, maybe he will send you a Nintendo. 
So I broke into my piggy bank, man. I wiped that joker clean. I grabbed some crayons, and I wrote, Santa Claus, I got to get a Nintendo. I got to get a Nintendo. And so I gave it to my mom to send to Santa Claus, you know what I'm saying? And about a week later, guess what? Santa Claus brought me a Nintendo! But in the words of the great theologian Toby Keith, I wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then. You know what I'm saying? Right? But, man, I was so excited. I loved to play that Nintendo. I loved to play that Nintendo. And this is before you had the internet where you could actually look stuff up. And so there were certain Nintendo games that I just couldn't beat. I couldn't beat. I love that game Contra. Any Contra fans out there? Yeah. So you, that game was so hard. You had three lives. And, like, once you died, that was it. You weren't able to save your progress. You weren't able to do anything like that. So once you died, you had to start all the way back over. And so I could never beat that game until I got a Nintendo Power magazine that had a code in there to give you infinite lives. Up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, select, start. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, I put that code in. I had infinite lives. Put that code in and it didn't matter how many times I died. I got to keep playing and because of that code, I could beat the game. To beat the game, I just needed the code. Well, here's the deal. The code to have joy in your life. Oftentimes, we're looking for that code in all the wrong places, but the code to have joy in your life is to serve others. It's Jesus first. It's others second. That's the code. The world will tell you, oh, no, you need to look out for number one. You need to look out for yourself, but I promise you that's not it. The secret is waking up every day. And figuring out how to give your life away. How to give your life away instead of looking at your spouse and looking at your kids and saying, you guys need to serve me. It's waking up and saying, how can I serve them? How can I serve them? And it's not just adults that can do this, even kids in this room. You can serve. You can serve your parents. You can serve your parents. You can help your parents. You think your parents always like making sure that your laundry's done and changing your bed sheets. And as soon as they sit down on the couch, you're like, I need something to drink. So you have to get it. You think that's what they love doing? You can serve your parents. How can I help? At work. At work. Don't just show up and say, you know what, I'm just going to do what's required of me. Ask yourself, how can I serve others? Seriously, I want you to think about this. Everywhere you go. It doesn't matter at home. It doesn't matter at work. Everywhere you go, do you go there to be served? Or do you say, I'm here to serve others. I'm here to give my life away because Jesus came to serve. Even here at church, don't just come and be fed. Serve. You can serve in the nursery. You can serve in children's church. You can serve on the hospitality team. You can serve on the security team. You can serve on production team. You can serve on the prep team. We've got so many different areas where you can serve. You say, you're just trying to recruit new volunteers. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. I'm trying to get joy in your life. I'm trying to get joy in your life. And joy comes from serving others. You want to have joy? It's Jesus first. It's others second. And the why, what's the why stand for? It stands for yourself Last. It stands for yourself last. The problem is so many people in our culture, they don't put Jesus first or others second or yourself last. That's not the, that's not the order that they do. They do the exact opposite. They put yourself first. Then a very distant second is others. And then a very distant third is 
God. He'll be third whenever I get around to it. And people who live their life that way, they don't have joy. And the reason why is if you rearrange those letters right now, instead of Jesus first and others second and yourself last, if you go the opposite, yourself, uh, yourself first, others second, Jesus last, if you do that, it doesn't spell joy. You know what it spells? It spells yoje. Yoje, that's what it spells, right? Y-O-J, yoje. That's what it spells. And that might be a great way to get the attention of somebody you know whose name is Jay. Yo, Jay! Where you at, Jay? He was. Yo, Jay! That's a, great, that's a great way to get their attention, right? Yo, Jay might be uh, the, a great name for a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Somebody who's going to be uh, rapping with Dr. Dre, Yo, 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 Jay, and Dre. You know what I mean? Still Dre Day. Ah, Yo, Jay. Ah, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? That, could be, that, might, be a, that might be a good Good rapper, rapper name, but here's what you need to listen. Here's what you need to understand. Yoje, Yoje's not gonna, gonna help you in the middle of your trials in life. Yoje's not gonna bring joy to your life when you are going through messy situations. Yoje is not going to help you when life is tough and you're looking for help. Yoje's not gonna help you. That's not what you need. What you need when you are going through a storm in life is not Yoje. What you need is joy. And joy comes from putting Jesus first. Others second, yourself last. Jesus came to bring joy to this world and joy to your life and joy to everyone in this world. But it only happens if you put Jesus first and if you put others second and if you put yourself last. Again, Jesus came to bring joy to the world, but not just this world. He came to bring joy to your world. The question that I have for you this morning is, are you experiencing that joy? Because if you're not experiencing joy today, I promise you can. But it'll only happen if you put Jesus first others second, and yourself last. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't know where you're at in your spiritual life, but I wonder today if maybe you're here and you would admit, man, joy kind of seems to be something distant from your memory. Maybe you're going through some tough times right now. And you just, you just seem to be so defeated. And you'd say, you know what? It's because I'm, I'm doing these things out of order. It's because I've been putting myself first. It's because I've been putting others at a distant second. And it's because I've been putting Jesus last. And if you'd say today, Robert, would you pray for me that joy would be restored to my life? If that's your prayer, right where you are, I'm just going to ask that you raise your hand. You need some joy this morning. Amen. 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 A lot of hands. Father, I pray for these who've indicated today 
that they need joy. Father, that's my prayer, is that you would restore the joy of your salvation. Father, I pray that you would help each and every one of us to realize that even when life seems to be falling apart, even when life gets messy, when we think about you and focus on you, we really can have joy. Father, I pray that you would help us not be distracted from you. And I pray, Father, that as we focus on you each and every day, again, that you would just renew our joy. Again, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, but I wonder today if maybe you walked in here and you really are searching for joy. Man, just been at a lost. Life has seemed to just be so difficult. And you know that you've been doing it on your own. I want you to know today that there's a greater power available to you. Jesus Christ wants to fill your heart and your life with his presence. He wants to be your Lord. And I promise you that if you trust him, just like Romans 15, 13 said, he'll fill your life with joy. And so today, if you know you want to be saved, you know you need to be saved. I'm going to ask that right where you are, you pray this prayer. Father, forgive me for all of my sins. And I pray today that you would save me. I need you, God. So today I confess you as Lord. I confess you as Savior. I submit to you. May your Holy Spirit enable me to follow you all the days of my life. Listen, if you pray to receive Jesus today, again, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, but if you pray to receive Christ today, if you pray to be saved, would you do me a favor right where you are? Would you just lift your hand? You gave your heart to Christ. Amen. Amen. Father, I just want to pray for these who have raised their hands. Father, I pray that today would be a very real experience, that what has happened by them surrendering to you would not be something that's just done in this room this morning. But I pray that each and every day they wake up. Father, that they will follow you. Help each and every one of us to live this kind of life so that we can have joy. Jesus first, others second, ourselves last. Father, I pray also that as we think about our life that we would understand that we can trade our sorrows right now. We can trade our sorrows for real joy, lasting joy that only comes from you. pray that you would help us right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.